Hello and welcome to the Belong Beyond podcast. My name is Erica Keane, I'm Projects Coordinator with Access Ballymun and I'm the host of this podcast. The Belong Beyond project is a collaboration between the Dublin City Libraries and Access Ballymun and is funded by the Dormant's Account Fund. This podcast is a series of conversations with artists and guests in each of the Dublin City Library branches. Over the past few months, I've been on a journey of discovery, visiting each of the Dublin City branches, meeting the staff that keep everything running and learning the ins and outs of the library service. I've spoken to visual artists, historians, musicians and storytellers about art, culture, heritage and, of course, libraries. So on behalf of the Dublin City Libraries and Access Ballymun, I invite you to join us each week as we hear from the people who create art and culture for us about how it feels and what it means to them. Beagilin! Each artist I interviewed was paired with one of the Dublin City Libraries. In this episode, Library in the Community Librarian Louise Tobin and Coordinator from Dublin Volunteer Centre Christian Christian's daughter were paired with the Drimna Community Centre. Hi, my name is Louise Tobin. I work in the Community Library Service in Dublin City Libraries. The Community Library Service is a new service um, by the libraries and it's aimed more at library outreach. So it's aimed at the schools, the community centres and people who don't have easy access to library branches. And um, it's more about getting the libraries into the community as opposed to people you know, coming into libraries. Um, so it's quite new and we're still kind of getting it up and running, um, but it's going well so far and we're just trying to um, let people know that libraries are open and we have loads of great stuff for them to use. Um, my name is Kristen, uh, or Christine Christiansdottir is my full name. I'm from Iceland. You might have noticed the very long surname. Um, I work as an outreach and placement officer at the Dublin City Volunteer Centre. Um, the Dublin City Volunteer Centre is what we like to call like a, a one-stop shop for volunteering in Dublin. And we're a part of a network of volunteer centres all over Ireland. Great. And thank you both for for being with us here today. We're in um, the community centre here in Drimna, um, which we have chosen for a very specific reason that we might get to um, in a second. But... Uh, we're here really to talk about the library and the community service and how the Dublin Volunteer Centre and the library service have been collaborating, particularly over the kind of COVID pandemic, but also the you know to kind of see what what the work that you've been doing um, in bringing the um, the libraries to the community. So we might start um, with just kind of, I suppose what exactly the library and the community does. You've given us a good mm-hmm. kind of introduction, but um, can you give us an idea of some of the actual projects and services that you look after? Yeah, so um, at the moment we are working with a lot of schools. Um, the library branches do work with schools as well, um, but we have the capacity in the library, in the community library service to deliver books quite quickly to them. and They can get in touch with us and we can deliver, you know, maybe 40 books to them on a block loan. And we're hoping in the future, once restrictions have kind of eased up, that we can do more programming in the schools. So again, it's more about bringing the library service to the school as opposed to waiting for them to come into the library branch. Um, It's about making the library service more accessible and um, just letting people know in the schools and all the teachers in the local schools know that um, we are there if they want to have a historian residence show up in the school, we can can accommodate that. and on top of that, then we're going to work with community centres. So I'm hoping to get a few collection of books in community centres. Um, again, it's to get the library out into, into community and to let people know what resources we have for them. Um, so the community centres, health centres, um, youth centres, what I'm working on at the moment is to get some collections of books out into the centres. The books are going to stay there as a little taster collection of what we have. 
And um, it's just to let people know exactly what we have on offer. They can take the books, they can bring them home. There's no expectation on them to bring them back. Um, so it really is their books, and that's what we want people to know, that the library is, is theirs to use. Um, everything is it's free. We're not going to ask the community centres or the youth centres to obviously pay for the books because the library is not about making money. <laughs> um, and I'm also working with a few hospitals to, um, again, let the, the patients in hospitals know what services we have, whether that be physical services and um, resources or online services. Um, our online services did get a lot of use during the lockdowns. Um, and we did get a lot of funding from, from the government for the services. Um, so it's about letting people know what, they, what we have to offer them, either while they're still in the hospital or when they get out of the hospital. Um, so I'm hoping to, again, leave a few collections of books in the hospital for people to have a look at. And then I'll go in once a month into <clears throat> St. Vincent's Hospital and have a chat with patients and let them know what we can offer them. Um, and just to let them know how great the libraries are. Mm. And then on top of that, um, I am working with the older people's complexes. Again, I'm just going to leave a few collections of books in the complexes for the people who use the complexes to use. Um, there have been a lot of people who have used uh, you know, the, the little libraries. It's take a book, leave a book. Um, and they're great. They're really good. But the, the I don't see the problem, but the kind of thing that people find, find with those is that maybe the books... Um, they're not curated, they're kind of, you know, depending on what people bring back um, or what people drop off. So if they have a collection from Dunsey Libraries, we can tailor it to their specific needs. If they, if they have people in, in the complex who like crime books, we can bring crime books into them. If they're into Maeve Vinci, we can bring a few Maeve Vinci books. Um, so it's more curated and, you know, a few newer titles. Again, we don't expect them to come back to us. So we're quite happy to have these collections around Dublin that people can just use and um, you know know that they've been given to them by Dublin City Libraries. Um, and then on top of that, um, we have the um, family resource centres. I'm going to work with a few family resource centres and again, get a few collections of books out to them and um, just let them have a, a taste of collection. You mentioned uh, when we were chatting there that you're working mm -hmm. specifically on a project around mental health and well-being for mm -hmm. young people and for children who maybe have been um, struggling or, or I suppose are processing the, the COVID experience. Can you tell mm -hmm. us maybe a little bit about that, please? Yeah, of course, yeah. So um, COVID was hard for everyone, um, I think especially for, for children because there was no way for them to socialise with, with their friends. They, they had to homeschool, which is completely you know, different from anything that's been happened in, in Ireland before. Um, so just to help the, the children who, who you know, dealt with that, to help them deal with it. Um, I've done up a collection of about 25 books. Um, they're picture books, and they're aimed at kids just processing their, their feelings, um, how to process feelings of stress. Um, so it would be kind of mindfulness for kids or, you know, letting them know um, that it's okay not to be okay, which I think is a really big thing at the moment because um, I think if you if you... Like let kids know that it's okay to have these feelings and to let them know how to process them properly. It will help them as they kind of grow into young adults because we do have a massive issue with mental health in, in young adults. Um, I know when I was younger, so there wasn't any discussion about mental, mental health when I was a teenager. And I think it's kind of important to teach kids how to deal with their feelings and how to kind of cope, and especially with, with a pandemic like COVID-19. Um, 
just in a small way, if this collection of books can help them deal with those emotions, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, they're picture books aimed at kids from about 5 to 12, and they're going to be placed in community centres and you know, health centres and family resource centres. Um, and they'll be available for parents to come up and just take one. We're not expecting expecting them to come back. Um, so they are free to, to parents. But we do ask them if they want to drop them back to the centre just to do so, because then other parents can help. Yeah, of course. I've done a booklet um, just with a list of all the books and the pictures of the books. And I've kind of highlighted what emotions or what theme the book looks at. So if someone has a child who's maybe dealing with bereavement or grief, there's a book there that can help them. If someone has a child who's dealing with anxiety, there's a book there that can help them. It's quite obvious what book that they can pick up. Um, if someone has a child who is just, you know, who, who is very um, shy or something, there's a book there to, to help them. So it is, like, it's kind of the... the um, the meaning of you know community in the library is to get the library out into the community and to kind of show um, the public what a small collection of the res- of the resources we have on offer mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of just to perhaps entice them to come in. Um, I wanted to ask um, you then, as I said, we're here in the community centre in Drimna mm-hmm. um, and we chose this specifically for a reason, which is the library locker that's downstairs. Can you tell us a little bit about what the library locker is and what the plan is for the library lockers? Yeah, so the library locker is a, um, it's kind of a self-service um, machine for for library books. Um, so once you have a library card and a PIN number, you can walk up to the machine, scan your library card, put your PIN number in, the door will open, and then you can browse um, the books that are in the locker. There's about 150 books in there at the moment. And um, we have a collection of fiction, nonfiction, and kids' books as well. Um, so as I said, as long as you have a library card and PIN, um, you can use the locker. So it's, the idea behind it is to, again, get the library into the community. Um, Drimna is, we, we chose Drimna because it's um, kind of in between a couple of branch libraries. Um, it's not really simple for maybe someone on the Morn Road in Drimna to get to a library branch. Um, so the idea is to bring the library to them. And again, it's a curated collection. So if someone comes up um, to the office downstairs and says, I want some DIY books, I can, the office can ring me and I, I can get some DIY books um, to them. So again, it's a bit more curated than the little libraries people might have that they you know, bring a book, take a book. Um, and it's going to be refreshed say, every month to five weeks. So there'll always be a collection of books, like a new book that people can kind of come in and um, and take. So this is our first one. It's a pilot project. If it goes well, which it seems to be going well at the moment, we will roll it out to other locations if it goes well. It's an innovative way of, of just getting the books into the community and, again, giving people a, a taster of what our, our books um, are in the libraries. It's a brilliant idea. And I think, you know, um, everything that you've been talking about there is is such an important way of, as you said, bringing books to the community, but also highlighting um, the possibilities of the libraries that mm-hmm. people who maybe might come to the community centre on a regular basis but haven't quite yet gotten to exploring their local library and their local branch um, or even they may never progress to the branch but might experience the library through the e-resources um, for example I think it's a really clever way and a really um, 
I suppose, very accessible way of bringing the library out to the community. I do want to talk very specifically about one of the, the services, which is also wh why you're here, Kristen, and I'm, I'm aware you've been sitting there very uh, patiently and quietly. Um, but one of the services that you run, that the library runs, is the home delivery service. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, where it came from, I suppose, what the experience of it has been over the, the pandemic. Yeah, so the home delivery service, um, it kind of popped up in May 2020 because we were in lockdown, the libraries had to close um, due to the new government guidance um, and um, just people couldn't access books. And we had advertised the fact that we had online resources. As I said, we had a lot of funding from the government to improve um, the, the titles we had online. Like we have magazines online, we have newspapers, we have e-books and e-audiobooks. And that's great for people to use if they're tech savvy, if they have a digital device. Um, you know, it, it is a great service, but a lot of people, especially when um, people had to cocoon, um, they, and they couldn't mix, maybe if they had a you know, grandchild or something, he could have shown them how to use it. They couldn't do that. So um, just to let people have access to the library resources, we set up a home delivery service, I think it was in May 2020. So it was Damien O'Shaughnessy, who is a senior librarian in Cabra, he um, was kind of instrumental in doing that. And the library staff came into Cabra Library and, um, you know, packed up the books. Um, Damien got in touch with the Dublin Volunteer Centre and um, the Dublin Vol Volunteer Centre very um, happily, um, you know, agreed to kind of give us volunteers to send out the, the books to people. So it's been a great collaboration between Dublin City Libraries and the Dublin um, Volunteer Centre. I think it's been kind of mutually beneficial for, for the libraries and for the centre and for the volunteers and the people who have um, received books. We have, we've got some great feedback from people who've used the service. And um, especially during the lockdowns, um, the volunteer might have been the only person that that person who received the books could have seen in a week or two. Um, so obviously it was all social distanced and, you know, it was all fine, but it was just nice to have that kind of facility to, you know, go out to the community and um, just have a link with people because it's um, it was so isolating for me and I could go to the shops, I could, you know, go out and about on a walk and stuff, but for people who had to stay in their house, um, it just, it, you know, it's just nice to have that. Connection. It's really the kind of the human element of the libraries and the human element of communities really um, kind of encapsulated in one service. Yeah. I want to ask then, Christian, around the what what was the I suppose when the the ask first came to the Dublin Volunteer Centre and how I suppose what it meant for for you all to be involved in in the home delivery service. Yeah, it was it was it was really exciting. Um, when, when the ask came and we started to think about the possibility of doing the project. So the way of the volunteer centres were set up before the whole COVID uh, was we were mostly, if not only, a referral service. So we would be, there's a team at the volunteer centre that I'm a part of, which is there to help individuals who are interested in volunteering, finding suitable volunteer opportunities. And then there's another team at the centre who helps organisations who need volunteers, uh, find volunteers. So that's how we kind of come, to be, come together. And what was uh, what happened with COVID, uh, you know, I, I still remember, you know, we were sent home from work on a Friday or a Thursday and we were supposed to start working from home. I signed in on a Monday and we were just 
inundated with emails and sign-ups and registrations. And, and I'm, I'm talking about thousands of people um, from the kindness of their own heart wants to step forward, be of use and, and help out, which was incredible to witness. And now the problem was at the same time, no organisations, no programmes were able to work or hadn't found a way how to work in the climate. So we didn't we didn't know anything. Oh my God, it's such a long time ago. We didn't know anything how to behave. Like what was to come? I thought it, we thought it would be a month or two or whatever. Um, but yeah, so so everything's a little bit stopped. Like we had had loads of people who were so keen and eager to get involved and wanted to help out and be out there, you know, to help their neighbours in the community. But we didn't have programs to. We didn't have a path to utilise and put people through. Um, so when we, we when we got that call from the libraries, that was uh, we jumped on it. It was just this amazing little opportunity to, to start, you know, providing volunteers with something really meaningful, really important to do, uh, and then you know coupling up with the, the amazing service that the library was already doing. Um, so it, it was it was really really nice. Um, so we created the role description and and sourced for volunteers, which which was plenty off. Um, and and then we just started and I I, I know that the, the services like uh, Louise pointed out that it, you know the feedback has been great from from service users the people who are getting the books but the feedback from volunteers being a part of the program has been equally fantastic people have were so glad to be able to do something useful which was what a lot of people were looking for you know when when all control and, and, and the uncertainty is kind of forced upon you, you look for something to do, something to have a say in and something active you can take. Um, so this provided these volunteers with that actively to be able to be out there, help out the pandemic and and um, create relationship, I guess, with people who were well, at that point almost forced to co cocoon or, or isolate at their homes. So it's, it's been a fantastic thing to be a part of. My name is James Duggan. I'm a student in Library and Information Management in Dublin Business School. I'm also a branch librarian in uh, Bray Public Library. And during COVID-19, I was a book delivery volunteer with the um, Dublin City Volunteer Centre and Dublin City Libraries. So there was an element of, of, of uh, Santa dropping the presents in the morning, I think. Yeah, it varied. Some people, um, were you know um because i suppose with, with with covid and with the isolation some people were sort of you know afraid to open their door almost or to open it for too long so so they would just i suppose our procedure was was because everything was in a bag our procedure was um drop the bag on the sort of usually like the welcome mat or whatever bring the doorbell and step back and i was wearing a mask as well obviously so the patron then would open the door and take the bag in themselves so i wasn't handing it to them um so yeah some people would just kind of say you know smile and say okay thank you and just turn around again and close the door but i did have lengthy conversations with some people um and got you know um you know lots of slices of cake and things like that and what I suppose, and this is a question to both of you, really, but um, 
there's obviously the the connection, the kind of um, getting the books and the importance of the art and the culture being brought to you and something, you know, entertainment and escapism, all of those lovely good things. But I would imagine there's also a benefit and a, a positive benefit from a mental health and connection kind of fighting the isolation that we were all experiencing what kind of feedback were you getting from both users and library users and volunteers in terms of how all of that felt for them and and what it meant to them um yeah so the the users of service um we did get feedback from them say that they were just so grateful for the connection the as you said the human connection that people and were missing so much of um I think, especially for the old people, older people who use the service, um, they were missing just even going out for walks because at that stage, we didn't really know that much about the virus. Everyone was so kind of afraid of it and we had no vaccine. So especially people who were cocooning, um, they were so isolated and so just, you know, by themselves. Um, and the feedback we got from them was that it was just a lifeline, um, you know, just to have that connection with the person and to be able to to be able to, um, you know, get the books that, that they wanted. Um, it was great because in Cabra we, have a, we had a great section of books um, because at that stage we can usually, um, if you go to any library in the country, you can order a book from, so say if you're in Dublin, you can order a book from Donegal and get it sent in. Um, but because everything had stopped, we were quite restricted in, in the books we had. So whatever books we had in Cabra Library, they were the books that we had to use. But thankfully, Cabra Library has loads of books um, and it's the, we have the bibliographic center as well so we had a we had a lot to choose from um, but yeah I think the users and um, the feedback we got they were just you know grateful for the service and, and happy to have the connection and did you find were you picking books on behalf of people were people coming to you and saying I'm really looking forward to reading you know the new whatever book was coming out or was it at that point was it more a um, they, they give you a general idea of a genre they were interested in yeah, so the way it worked at the start was that um, we asked people what genres they liked. Um, and a lot of people, crime is, is very popular. That was, <laughs> that was kind of one of the most popular ones. So crime and, you know, historical fiction. And Mills and Boone, they, they were quite popular as well. Um, so at the time, because we were quite restricted in what we could have, we asked people the genre. And we asked them if they wanted nor normal print or large print, because a lot of people like the lar larger print. And um, we have audiobooks as well. We have audiobooks on CD and we have audiobooks on MP3 players. And um, so we did have a lot of choice. Um, but yeah, it was basically just ask them the genre and the format they wanted. And we, we did our best to mm. um, get them what they wanted. So. And then the, from the volunteers' perspective, then, I suppose, not only are they themselves being useful, but so there was obviously a, a benefit to the library user, but also to the volunteer. Oh, absolutely. And and I guess that's one one thing that we, you know, when we were helping people to find volunteer opportunities, it's, you know, the benefits of volunteering has been researched and again and again, and there's so many different kinds of benefits to it. But what we try to emphasize is that people go for volunteering, not just to do good, but to do good is obviously fantastic and that, you know, provides you with well-being. But it's also, you know, maybe you're doing it for another reason, like, you know, practicing a certain skill and stuff like that. 
and for the, you know in this particular circumstances for volunteers just be able to go out of their house to leave their 2k's or 5k's and you know drive around a little bit further and meet someone new you know some of these volunteers were you know living by themselves or might be living with people that they don't necessarily know that well um, or might be living with people they know too well <laughs> but you know getting out there and um meeting new people talking about the weather and but we also have a lot of reports from volunteers sending us emails you know saying this this you know um this person who they delivered to or, you know, giving them chocolate, giving mm. them homemade jams, homemade breads uh, and, and, and loads of stuff like that. And then also, you know, some of our volunteers have been did this for quite a few months or built, you know, went more than once to one person. So there's a bit further relationship mm-hmm. building as well, a bit closer and. Um, you know, we really start to become of people part of people's routines, mm. um, and even more intimate than that, we had a lady saying once she was delivering her books, and she del- delivered to a person, a lady who had just got um, her husband had just been acutely taken to the hospital with COVID nineteen, um, suspected. But you know, so she was a bit of a shock. But that you know, she was there for her mm-hmm. at that time when no one else was around, and managed to help her, you know, onto the next step. So, yeah, all sorts of of things. Probably, probably the best experience from that was um, uh, a woman I visited on Haddington Road one day who handed me a cake out a window, um, <laughs> and this is like on the main. Haddington Road, you know, those big sort of houses which um, are sort of leaning over, trying to not fall down into the sort of lower levels, you know. Um, but yeah, so so some people, I mean, I I, um, I heard, you know, about um, kids that were in Dubai or Canada or, you know, whatever. Um, I heard about, you know, pets you know stories of pets and dogs and cats and had a few dogs you know uh barking at the door and stuff like that but you know a a bit like the postman but I was never attacked or anything like that now but um yeah and just all all of that sort of of course people were getting their boot their vaccines as well and their second doses and things like that um which you know they were kind of quite excited about um and sometimes you know when I would come to the door people would tell you even without <laughs> without you asking or saying anything you know they would I, I suppose as a sort of way of like it's okay I've had my second dose you know so kind of thing um yeah I mean I heard for example I remember one woman um who I called to a number of times and one day she was uh, she was wearing an apron and it had like San Francisco or somewhere like that on it and I said to her, oh, have you ever been to San Francisco? And she told me a big story about how her husband, who had died, was um, used to be a travel agent. And they used to go to all these different places because he was working kind of in that industry. And she'd been all over the States and stuff like that. And um, yeah, lots of lots of different stories. I remember one woman who um, wanted to know about a particular writer. Um, and I... I printed off some stuff for her and the next time I went to her, I, I dropped that into her, you know. Some people, they just they just said, thank you very much and turned around and took their books. Others wanted to chat. You know, there were some people who probably used the service 
uh, as uh, a social activity. <laughs> so, um, you know, they couldn't possibly have been reading everything that was that was being delivered to them. But it was just, but the fact of having, you know, so the patrons would call the center, the sort of depot or whatever. So they had that conversation. Then they might call the day, you know, they'd get a call the day of the delivery. Then I would come and they'd have that conversation. And then they might read one of the books, but they'd ring again the next week so that they had those social, I suppose, kind of touch points again, you know. Um, and I suppose another thing that, that, that happened was, you know, primarily it was older um, patrons and, and, and those cocooning and stuff like that, but it wasn't exclusively. I mean, I did um, deliver to some people who were maybe, um, you know, someone with special needs in the house or, um, you know, younger people as well. I, I delivered um, DVDs to people, younger people and stuff. So it wasn't exclusively um, uh, with the, you know, an elderly service, but a lot of it was, and I did deliver as well to nursing homes even and things like that as well, um, which obviously, you, you know, you can't go in. And what is it about volunteering generally then? You know, obviously you're you're an advocate for volunteering. What is it about volunteering that you would, you know, are passionate about, but also what is it that draws people in and, and why do people volunteer? So why do people volunteer? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's you know, the, the answers can be different depending, you know, you know, as many people you ask, you can get different different answer. You know, you could be just out to do something good, you know, and, and wanting to, you know, do something not for the sake of money, for example. And, and in my previous volunteering, that was a huge impact, just not having to base my decisions on how much money. And, uh, you know, if I spent this time on this work, how much money do I get back on that? Just kind of that freedom that I decided to do it for different reasons. Um, people in, meet new people, m new people that have you know, the same passions, interested in the same things as you, or people who have completely different perspectives to life uh, can be really, you know, um, enlightening. Uh, you know, people might be studying a certain thing and they want to gain experience to put in the CV. The volunteering can be great to do that. Um, or, you know, people might be thinking about career moves, mm -hmm. but not wanting to leap ahead. You know, they might dip their toes in something first. That's one thing. Uh, and another big part of what we do at the Volunteer Centre is also creating or, or, or creating paths to volunteer for people who might not have access to volunteering. Because being able to volunteer, according to, you know, in our opinion, is like human right. Everyone should be equally available or have equal access to volunteering so we work with asylum seekers and and migrants uh you know to help them um you know gain some volunteering experience uh, which is very important to them uh people who for some reason have been out of the job market for for a long time looking for confidence and and just that small step towards a routine towards the job market but not ready to go full-on mm -hmm. employment already people who have had brain injuries or like i said for some reason anyone who's who's found themselves perhaps in crossroads or on the edge of community for one reason or another volunteering can be a, a really important bridge to take that step to integrate mm. and, 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 and coming in 
to the folds of the community again. <laughs> and you were telling us then, um, before we started recording, about the Community Volunteers Programme. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So the Community Programme, the Community Volunteers Programme, sorry, is a, a, a pilot project that's going to start, it was um, launched about a month ago. Um, this is going to be, and, and sort of came out of the whole COVID-19, because um, as I said in the beginning, we, you know, we had loads of interest from people, not a lot of projects able to work. But then you had also a lot of people who were cocooning and and who needed help to go to the shops and go to the pharmacies and things like that. And then who was supposed to do that? Uh, and I know an organisation like Alone stepped in with their volunteers, but... Uh, so the idea with the community volunteers, if touch wood doesn't happen, if there's a, another emergency like a world pandemic or a flood or anything that you would have, uh, a group of volunteers, a community of volunteers who are trained and ready to go if the call uh, arrives and can be dispatched to help do the shopping uh, stack you know help fill sandbags mm -hmm. for the floods and things like that uh, and also because thank god we don't always have an emergency going on we'll also be able to help in uh, community events and so it is it is uh, one of those ways that people can use to kind of uh, take a step in towards their communities, get to know their communities, meet other people interested in doing the same things and, and kind of create this little group and community of volunteers. And is this a, a Dublin-centric um, programme or will it be spread out to other volunteer centres? So uh, the Dublin City Volunteer Centre uh, will be having a community volunteer uh, court, the Dublin City Community Volunteers Programme, but this is a nationwide programme and currently there are about 10 volunteer centres uh, who have signed up um, uh, and Dublin City is, is a part of that. Um, but if, if someone is interested in getting to know if their local volunteer centre is a part of community volunteers, they can always go to volunteer.ie to find Great. information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting times. It's, it's, we've just started this, so it's still very new, but I think the possibilities with something like this and being a part of something like this could be extremely benefits mm -hmm. to people, especially if they maybe haven't volunteered before or, as I say, have found volunteering and, and that might be an active step for them in towards their community. Great. Uh, it has training involved and this group element that either you might be hard to find in different mm. I think we've all been missing the kind of collective collective experiences of all kinds yeah um so that volunteering is obviously a, a it's an a built community that is there for you to to engage with mm -hmm. um and then gives you the chance to engage with other communities kind of following on from that so it's a, a really brilliant idea particularly that it's not solely focused on community emergency response but also on kind of more um positive and, and active things before the emergency might arise so exactly that's a great <laughs> idea is the home delivery service still running louise or is that a, is it a kind of pandemic only service or can people still access it outside of the pandemic yeah, so it's still running. Um, I think Dublin City Libraries has always had some kind of home delivery service to people who um, you know, couldn't get to libraries. Um, so we have no plans to um, to get rid of it at the moment. It's it, it is it's been it's still being used. Um, we're still getting some great feedback from it. So um, 
we definitely have no plans to get rid of it. So, Great. Yeah. Where can people find information if they are in a position that they would like to get the home delivery service? So, yeah. So if they want to find more information, they can go on to our website, which is, which is dublincitylibraries.ie. And there's a section on the home deliveries in there. Um, we have a email address, which is homedeliveries at dublincity.ie. So if they send us an email, we can, um, you know, we can get them sorted with some home deliveries. Great. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for kind of... A, uh, giving us an insight into the work that you've been doing and uh, a sense of, I suppose, how the libraries and, and volunteering are kind of spreading out into the community. It's been a, a lo really lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. There's a couple of people, specific people that I, that I, that I would, will, pro will probably always remember. Um, you know, I remember, I remember one woman in... Um, I think she was around the Dublin four or six area. And she lived in a, um, it was really like a, a, a sort of a laneway, a kind of a cul-de-sac or a back laneway. It was really difficult to get in there. Um, and, you know, a tiny little house, but, you know, probably, <laughs> probably would, have, would be worth millions because of just the area it was in, you know. These sort of mews, you know, the way they built sort of houses in the back lanes and stuff like that. And, um, you know, she was, it was like something out of Harry Potter or, or something like that. She had flowers everywhere. She had, you know, um, just, she was dressed so kind of um, flamboyantly and, and she's a little dog. And like, I came, I came up to the door and there was a sign on the door and it, like a, a real, cottage type door a half door type and it said something like knock loudly or something like that on the sign and she, but she had like opera or something on <laughs> inside like at like full volume you know and um she you know she 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 then gave me um picked flowers literally there and gave them to me and had like little like Kit Kats wrapped up in pieces of paper and stuff like that and gave them to me and it was, it was just a really eccentric experience um and then I had to I don't know spend half an hour trying to reverse out of the laneway again um you know that was quite a unique experience and the, the woman I mentioned as well who who um who um, who her husband had been a, a travel agent and I called her quite quite a few times and she she always enjoyed conversation and um, there was another woman as well who I, I called to who um, we 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 she, her husband had also died but she she spoke about how her husband had enjoyed or was very good at speaking Irish like speak Irish and we spoke a little bit of Irish together and stuff on the door um, yeah, and I think just just the the um, strength sort of of people, the strength of individuals, um, old you know uh, older people, but uh, and primarily women, um, I guess just that demographic, um, like that who who maybe a husband has died or something like that, you know, um, just just you know during the pandemic when it when it was so doom and gloom. And, you know, <laughs> these people were just so positive. I want to thank my guests for joining me on the Belong Beyond podcast and the staff at the libraries for their warm welcome. The Belong Beyond project is a collaboration 
between the Dublin City Libraries and Access Ballymun and is funded by the Dormant Accounts Fund. You'll find details of this podcast and all the other elements of the Belong Beyond project on the Dublin City Libraries and Access Ballymun websites as well as across our social media channels. Thank you. A full list of podcast guests is available on the Dublin City Libraries and Access Ballymun websites. This podcast was recorded by Clodagh Mooney Duggan and Jer Kellett, edited by Stephen Crawley, sound design by Derek Conaghy.